Three, two, one. Welcome. This is Helltilla Weekly, episode number 27, coming to you live from Singapore and Finland yet again. But as we have so many awesome guests coming out um, on this podcast from Finland, it, it is just how the world or how the cookie crumbles nowadays. Hope you are all doing well and staying sane and building up your healthy habits every single day, uh, regardless of any COVID-19 situations or lockdowns or, or whatnot. But then again, this is the perfect time for you to uh, focus on your healthy habits, build them up uh, slowly but surely, as you might have a bit more time on your hands to, um, to focus on yourself and focus on how you can improve your health and well-being and longevity at the same time um, as well. This week's episode will be an epic, epic episode yet again, uh, as, as our guest is, is a truly an, an amazing gentleman. And we shall be discussing a variety of topics from healthcare and healthy habits, um, um, fatty acid balance, and all that type of stuff. So I'm really, really looking forward, for, forward to, uh, to this episode. We are joined by Kimmo Kärja. Kimmo is a father of two an entrepreneur, speaker, executive coach, and sales professional. Uh, he's got over 15 years of experience in healthcare and wellness industries globally, mostly focused in the Nordics and in Finland, specifically for large organizations and consulting as well. Um, and he's a truly, a truly superstar guy. I've known Kimmo for years. Um, he always pushes towards growth and um, you know, pushes everyone around him um, to better and bigger things as well. I'm truly excited to have you here. Welcome, Kim. How are you? Ah, absolutely fantastic to be joining in with you. Uh, I'm fantastic. You know, it's summer is continuing here in Finland. It's great to be joining you uh, and discussing these important issues. Always a pleasure. <laughs> absolutely, it is. It is great to have you here. Um, could you give us a short introduction and background to yourself? Sure. Uh, quite an international background, actually. My dad's work as a diplomat has taken me all around the world. I was born in New York and spent my youth on four different continents, Africa, Asia, uh, Scandinavia, and then the US. So kind of from, from there, I think it's uh, my growth. Growth has been from, from that aspect of wanting also, also to build international businesses and, and to get to know different cultures. Then I came back uh, in 2099 to, to Finland to study at the Helsinki School of Economics. So I got my university master's degree from, from there. And uh, from there, jump actually mostly have been working in the healthcare sector in, in both leadership roles and also development roles. And, and my latest was a consulting company, management consulting company in the field of healthcare, working with uh, all of the healthcare actors and providers in the Finnish market, starting from the Ministry of Health and all of the hospital districts, hospitals, uh, healthcare providers, and so forth. So it's been been a fantastic journey, and and now working as an entrepreneur in the health and wellness sector. So I think those are those are going to be good good points of view to be talking about health and and where where the where the whole world is developing in those terms. Absolutely. This is such an important topic for us, the Healthzilla team, myself as well, as per um, what, we are, what we are doing is providing a preventative digital intervention and solution towards preventing uh, lifestyle-based diseases. Um, so hence, it, it's like a perfect, um, perfect mix in terms of um, uh, the topics we can, uh, we can discuss today. Now, um, obviously, you've seen a lot, Kimmo. You've seen um, so much of the in-depth, um, how the, especially the Finnish healthcare system has been built, and uh, which is sort of um, or sort of lines up with the Western types of type of medicine, which is usually very reactive um, at the same time um, as well. Lifestyle diseases are are on the increase, but what what is your view on the current challenges facing healthcare systems? currently in the Nordics or wider, or wider as well, if you may? Uh, well, that's a big question. A lot of different challenges depending on the market and, and the healthcare model. But if we look at, for example, Nordic models where it's like a government-funded uh, healthcare system, I think one of the, the, biggest, the, the biggest challenges at the moment is that the, the population is getting older, uh, more and more challenges with the health, health aspects. Uh, less and less funding available for for providing those healthcare uh, services, and then at, uh, 
all the while, you know, everyone is trying to figure out how to kind of uh, prevent uh, prevent the, the continuous increase of, of demand from for those for those services. But still, uh, most of the effort is going into you know making organizations leaner and and putting more effort into how different kind of hospital processes and and healthcare pro processes in terms of taking care of the sick how those can be improved and and you know that that's the main focus now slightly making a a, a, a transfer towards value based healthcare so it's not just about how many times the doctor can see you and how many visits per 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 doctor more towards okay what's the value that we can provide and then that's leading a bit towards more the preventative side so i think that's the biggest at the moment in in this kind of setup uh, and then there's markets that are having struggles with with okay uh, you know you look at the us they're they're having difficulties with how the system should work in general and and which way should they transfer it so a lot of interesting things going on huge reforms uh, both here in Finland and in internationally, everyone looking for for kind of the silver bullet to how to fix how to fix the situation and how to improve health in general. Indeed, and and this is such an interesting topic. You know, I was just doing reading about this, and and the cost of ill health in 2017, according to one source, was like 12 trillion dollars uh, globally, um, and basically three out of four deaths were lifestyle disease based, and you could somehow say that they would be preventable as well. You have um, 40 to 90 percent increase uh, in the cancer incidence based on stress, and all that types of stuff. So, so as as we're looking into this, um, even though technically, globally, we are we are living longer. Um, because of the the improved uh, healthcare capability and and you know med medicine and everything else as well, and at the same time the the cost of living longer gets gets uh, higher and higher. Now, like as you said, all the governments are trying to seek for for the silver bullet. Then, regardless of you know whether whether you have an insurance based uh, healthcare model or a fully government subsidized health healthcare model, as it is in Finland everyone still faces the same issue. I mean, uh, the, the cost of ill health is, is going higher and higher. Now, what, what are some of your, some of your thoughts in, in, in this, especially from a cost perspective, and, and how could we look into some other ways of dealing with this issue? Uh, well, in general, I think that you're spot on where if we look at what, like the population, population-wise, what people are struggling with in terms of their health, it's no longer communicable diseases. It's it's health, uh, lifestyle uh, related diseases. It's it's your you know the choices that you're making in life, and it's it's the changes that's happening around us in our environments that's that's causing most of the pr problems that we have. And there's not so many ways to to you know reach into that and try to help help with those aspects. Uh, and that's where government policy making and all of that should come into play in a, in a stronger sense as well a lot of talk being you know we've had a lot of talk about that in finland lately about should taxation be used as a as a tool for example to decrease the consumption of sugar uh, in different kind of drinks and foods and so forth so it's not just about how to improve those uh, sick care processes in the hospitals it's it's a bigger picture and it's uh, very complicated, very complex, uh, and where to start with that, and how to how to drive through a big reform. You know, they, they've been trying to do that now for 10, 20 years in Finland to to, to do a healthcare system re reformation, and politically, that's a very difficult one to to drive through. Of course, it is. You know, it's it, it when you when you try to do something like this, it basically starts, and you could like argue this from different angles, but some some might say it starts to violate individual rights and and freedom of choose choosing how how you want to live your life, um, which is all sort of valid at the same time. But it becomes very difficult, and it's the same thing as for like other issues like smoking and so forth, which is on a decline globally. Um, the, the the levels of smoking, if you may, but then again, you know. It, because of the fact that cost of ill health is uh, like in general on the rise there, I mean, I don't see, I mean, 
what else can we then do other than government policy changes, even though it might not be very easy to do and people uh, easy for people to actually accept it either. Uh, but, but we definitely need to do something. Um, but perhaps you could go into education as well, but you know, if something's voluntary, then it might be more difficult to get through, especially when it comes to healthier habits and eating, for example, salad versus your um, hamburger. One interesting aspect of all of that has been, for example, insurance companies. So there's uh, healthcare data is, is enabling different kinds of ways of providing, uh, providing the services and making incentives for people to put more effort into their health. So it's, it's, there's different kind of actors in, in the field that can be helping out with, with this. Government policies can be one. Insurance companies are one, one that can incentivize us to lead a healthier lifestyle. Uh, but that's a difficult one. As you said, you know, pe people are uh, they're, they're careful about their data. They're careful about, okay, who, did, who do they want to have influence in their, in their life choices and so forth. And, and for example, uh, in the Nordics, that's been a bit slow to take off, but, but we've seen a lot of uh, insurance companies, for example, in the US who've gone further in that, that, that you can get uh, reimbursement for your payments or you can get better deals from your insurance company if you're sharing your data with them, showing that, okay, you're actually putting effort into your health, you're, you're, you're exercising, you're sleeping while you're eating healthy, uh, and that's kind of incentivizing you to take care of yourself. But, but there is a lot of difficult aspects to that having to do with, with data security and, and, and uh, you know, private, my private data and so forth. I, I, fully, I fully agree with you on that. We've had a lot of discussions with insurance companies and people in that industry, especially about this, because actually the HealthZilla service serves really well this specific uh, incidents, if you may. Um, and we actually are, we actually do have a product for insurance companies for this specific uh, reason as our app measures so many different um, healthy habits, um, 23 diff different data points in your health, starting from your heart rate variability, uh, resting heart rate, um, movement levels, uh, sleeping, diet, everything else as well. So that actually, so we're sort of like building up uh, the business to, to serve that sector as well. But um, would you then say um, that, like, if, if you look at the individual, wherever in the world, like, how difficult it would be in your eyes to actually start changing um, people's behaviors towards healthier choices? Does it need to be like a government-made policy decision, or can, it, can there be some other means to do that? Uh, I think it has to be a bit of both, in the sense that, Okay, for example, let's take an example that in, in Finland, we've got a quite a big biohacking uh, and well, biohacker community, yeah. quantified self community. They're putting a lot of effort into that. And, and that's fantastic because you always need the early adopters who are, who are leading the way. But before, you know, measuring yourself and taking care of your health becomes mainstream. Uh, it'll take a long time if it's only from the point of view of the consumer or the the the, uh, the, per, the, per, the person themselves. But if you involve also policy making and different aspects of uh, insurance cons insurance companies and healthcare providers becoming more and more involved in preventative health and so forth, I think that as co as a combination will be the game changer. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now. As we talk about healthcare itself um, and moving more towards a different types of type of picture from like reactive illness care or sick care into preventative uh, healthcare, as, as per what you mentioned about the biohacker community in Finland, now how what are, what are some of the other means that come would come into your mind in terms of how can we move more from the reactive healthcare model into the preventative lifestyle? related health uh, and wellness management? Well, that's a big question. And I think that's one aspect that, that many, many uh, organizations around the world are now looking into that. How can they make that transformation? Uh, I, I think that's something that's changed over the last decade that now there's actually organizations wanting to make that change. I think that there's a lot of uh, barriers to that transformation and a lot of things slowing it down. 
one of them being incentives so how do you how do you in incentivize that as the for example healthcare all the healthcare systems especially when we go into um, for example the U us systems they they are incentivized on on you know operations and and incentivized on on doctor visits and so forth but there is big organizations that are starting to to show another way of incentivizing a couple of them just to mention for example if you if you look at uh, um, big co big companies in the US like Kaiser Permanente and Mayo Clinic that are insurance based mm -hmm. and then the end you got an incentive okay how to keep people healthy or for example in, oh, yeah. in Finland there's a couple of new new operators in the healthcare sector who have come to that that field with a new way of uh, pricing mechanisms. So it's not based, for example, occupational health, that is not based anymore on the amount of doctor visits or the amount of laboratory tests or the amount of uh, x-rays taken. It's based on a, on, a, uh, on a monthly fee, a flat rate, uh, where that will change the incentives of the whole healthcare provider. And I, I love the story, for example, that they use here, one of the companies in Finland, that that's the way that uh, they say that in traditional China, that that doctors used to be or pro medical professionals, they used to be paid for keeping you healthy. And if you were sick, they didn't do their job, and then the the pay stopped there. So that I mean, that's the way it should be incentivized, um, monetary wise. Yeah. And the difficult part about that is partly that, and the second difficulty has to do with okay evidence-based medicine and that's another area that, oh, yeah. that's really close to my heart that okay how do we show the efficacy of these different kind of uh, preventative healthcare projects or, or any kind of way of, of trying to support people in that sense so those I think those two are the, the biggest aspects in this that need to be transformed first to be able to help that yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think especially, um, well, one thing which catches my ear first is is the reward aspect of of changing your, your lifestyle habits, how important that is. As, you know, many of us function with the, with the pain and pleasure uh, type of animalistic behavior model, if you may. Um, and if you look at lifestyle changes towards healthier self, it's, it, it, it always takes a long time to see any benefits in it. Um, like, for example, your weight loss will take a long time, or if you start living, start adopting healthier habits and moving, moving more, exercising more, meditating more, you're not going to see the, the results instantaneously. Um, and in the world of instant gratification, it becomes really hard for many of us to actually adopt these healthier habits because we simply see that those are difficult to build in the long term. And if we don't get any reward back immediately, then many of us might actually drop those healthier habits, which might then, you know, or will likely then end up with us being healthier in the long term and, and you know, getting, to, getting into the doctor's office uh, much less. So hence, you know, having a monetary reward um, almost immediately there, um, as per what you mentioned with the insurance companies, um, you know, um, you, you, your, your insurance premiums would actually go down based on your daily habits, you know, based on your step levels, based on the amounts of sleep you've had and so on and so forth. You know, I think, I think that, that really rings true in, um, in how we, or what, at least one of the things, what, what should be adopted, I think, um, on a wider base as well. But then I guess on the reward side, but even though, you know, I, I heard what you mentioned about the few companies in Finland about uh, what, what they are doing about this, but then again, you have many countries where where the government um, subsidized healthcare model might uh, like it might be very difficult to actually change that because then the the actual users of the healthcare system do not have to pay as such uh, to go to the doctor um, as per they would in the United States, for example, to pay the insurance premiums. So then, would you say that that it would be more towards the government to actually change the policy or even make the healthcare system cost a little bit? to the end user to use uh, I think I think it's not it's not dependent on any one uh, one aspect or one corner of that whole puzzle uh, like one thing that that I, I want to bring also to this discussion is uh, you kind of you get what you measure and, and and that's 
like you were talking about taking care of our health in terms of areas that where it takes a long time to maybe see some results. Um, but I think a lot of times we're approaching it, the whole question of health from the wrong aspect. And, and that's something that like, you know, the government alone cannot change or certain organizations themselves cannot change, but it's like a culture thing. So for example, if you look at how the World Health Organization defines health, health is not the lack of symptoms. It's something more wholesome. So kind of that's been one of the big discussion areas at the moment in many of the organizations that, for example, looking at the, the illness wellness continuum it's 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 like a long line and and only in the middle is the neutral neutral spot and then you start to see some signs maybe of some illnesses and maybe then some symptoms and at the at the far end of that one spectrum you've got like early premature death but then if you look at the other side of the spectrum you know, you know health is a lot more than the lack of symptoms or the lack of signs or it's even further from from the neutral zone mm. that that people are starting to see this and this is starting to be a part of the daily conversations as well that uh, energy levels for example if you're if you're working in an industry where your focus your ability to focus is is making a big impact on your day or for example a lot of healthcare providers or, or especially occupational health providers in Finland starting to kind of bring ways of measuring that okay what's your really efficient how many hours of day at your current health level how many hours can you really be efficient in your work work not to even mention that if you're a family guy like myself that when you go home do you have still like uh, vitality and energy left to provide for your family to be there present uh, for, for them and actually be focusing on them so people are starting to look at these kind of aspects and that brings more immediate rewards as compared to, for example, weight loss or, or preventative health in terms of preventing disease. And I think this is an important aspect of, as well. So kind of, as you see, you know, it's, it's a very complex issue having to do with government policies and having focus on, on these kind of issues and incentivizing and all of this. So big, fantastic picture, but that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm so excited to be working in this field. Oh yeah, absolutely. And one of the things which you which you uh, sort of glance through is is the fact that um, the workplace in itself, so i.e. the employers um, themselves, are in a very crucial role here as well because um, you get the, the sort of incent, in, incentives. You can get them from government or from insurance companies, but you. you also, if, if you have a forward-looking employer, a company or government organization, not nonprofit, whichever, um, if you have an employer which is who is forward-looking, uh, especially what, when it comes to health and wellness, then obviously that employer can provide the incentives towards you know um, building up your healthy habits, you know losing weight, moving your 10,000 steps, reducing your, um, your resting heart rate, increasing your heart rate variability and so forth. So I guess, you know, and, and it, it becomes one of these things, obviously it would be a cost um, at, one, at one hand to the employer, but in a longer term, it would definitely result into um, lesser, lesser, lesser sick days, lesser, lesser absence from the workplace and hence increased productivity and increased um, uh, results as well, would you say? Absolutely. And that's something that you and I, we both know that and most of us know that. But here's where we come to that, what I was talking about before that, okay, uh, evidence-based medicine. Okay, there's some studies showing that it, the, the one euro of effort or one dollar of effort you put into this kind of uh, preventative uh, healthcare efforts in, in, the, in the occupational health side, that will bring back six euros uh, wow. in return. But, but you know how how much evidence is there behind that how strong is it and how believable is it as compared to kind of what we're used to used to having having to have the amount of data in terms of for example medicine how how much research has to be behind a new medication how much research has to be behind uh whatever operations or or, or things that we're doing in the sick care market still we're talking about quite small amounts of data on this wellness side but you know it's it, you and i we we know that and we everyone kind of has a sense for that that okay if we put some effort into that it will pay off from 
even just people having ability to to focus more and having more energy and more more drive within their jobs but uh that's probably one of the difficult parts and and that's something that i'm excited about because that that's starting to change from many aspects with with uh actors in the field like uh, like you guys who, who are bringing the data making that visible helping to show that what are the, what's the actual uh, efficiency efficacy of the different mm. like if you start fixing some corner of your lifestyle or improving some corner of the health uh, how will that affect other things and how will that bring bring more to your life and that making that visible is something that's going to going to be a big cha- change for for the whole whole field of health and and that's been a f- fantastic thing to be able to follow during the years first uh you know look at, looking at how uh we we have technologies that can measure your sleep quality and from there we can understand that okay what what kind of effect that will have on your health we have technologies that can measure your your activity levels and then we can measure how that has an effect and we have technologies that can measure your nutritional side and and how that affects and the the ability to combine the amount of data from the diver, different levels starting from you know genetics and on top of that the, the different types of uh, analytical abilities getting a wider uh, perspective on your health and, and a bigger picture on that then we will finally get to the area where we can see that okay changing this small thing here will will uh, improve your outcome on the on the long side so just comparing for example to to how medical studies have have been done that that we we change something and then we try to estimate that okay what kind of changes will this make in the next 10 years within your health and your sickness and not really having super clear data on that has been one of the problems but now with high quality data and lots of it and also integrating artificial intelligence in terms of studying that data the amount of knowledge and and insight that we have every year the the amount is growing we you know you have more than a million new uh, medical studies coming out every year and being being able to use those in, in taking care of our health and, and caring for the sick that's gonna that that is changing the picture in, in a really really big way it is and i guess it, it it's uh, you're absolutely right about this i think what you mentioned earlier about the evidence-based medicine um because of the 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 continually uh increasing amount of data that you that we are able to get from wearable devices and apps and so forth about people's behaviors and and like biometric data in itself too um, that will give a lot of tools for us to create services which will then which we will be able to uh, to utilize to help uh, people build build up healthy habits and and you know act more towards the pre- preventative healthcare measure and that's something which is very you know it, which has been very interesting to see with our app as well um, because obviously, you know, we've been, you know, doing, doing this for, for, for a few years now, and we can start, start seeing some correlations between how, for example, your, your changed or improved sleeping patterns ha- will have an impact into your heart rate variability in the long term. Um, and that technically means that your stress levels are reducing and your resting heart rates going down and all that. So you, you'll really see some, some very, very, um, like hardcore evidence that yes the, these these lifestyle changes actually work and when when we bring these uh, when we bring this information in a gamified way to the end user then then obviously hopefully that helps them to get that instant reward yes this is actually working and then hence helping them to um, start perhaps improving other areas of, uh, in their life as well absolutely and, and and especially being able to tie the outcome to that so as we get more data and we get more research around those we we will know more about okay what impact will this change have on the outcome of your health and now starting to see also more and more companies come into this field where they can uh they they can bring that data together to to show that okay what's the effect on the bottom line you know how how is the uh, profit margin improving when people are starting to make these changes in terms of their health and that, that you know that will make all the difference because 
in the end, money makes the world go around. And when you can tie that together, that, okay, when we start to help people lead a, lead a healthier lifestyle, it'll bring more to the bottom line of the companies and it will lead to better outcomes in terms of health and it will, that will lead to more savings in terms of sick care uh, and so forth. So all of these aspects, as we get more data, as we get more research done based on that data, uh, as we get more information on, on, on in terms of like evidence-based medicine, in terms of preventative health and lifestyle, uh, that's going to be what's going to be changing that that big picture in the future. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely, and it is it is like it is the the benefits will be so massive as per what you said, both on profitability and and money side, but also on the individuals' like happiness levels, surely as well. I mean, in terms of how how well people actually feel in their lives and it, it is all about this how do we change the per- perception on an individual level between um, short-term pain and long-term pleasure into the so so that every one of us would actually see that see clearly based on the data and based on the the, the medical research that okay when i keep sleeping five hours a night then essentially this will happen. My my lifespan will, on average, decrease X percent or something like that. Like like those types of things in, for example, an app service or whatnot, uh, will definitely be able to change that perception. You know, between yeah, I'll, I'll watch a few more episodes on Netflix and it's three a.m. and I need to wake up at seven. Into like yeah, I definitely need to go 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 to bed earlier because otherwise, you know, I'll live a shorter life. Just to like, like put put up an example. Absolutely, and even even simple things like, uh, you know, looking at your sleep data and being able to see see that even just two glasses of of wine in the evening that will have an effect on your. Uh, how much you recuperate during the, your your sleep and how efficient your sleep is, and that will have an effect on on tomorrow and as we as we see more data for example on how it affects your emotions and your your happiness levels as you said uh, tomorrow that quality of sleep well then those two that instant gratification from the two glasses of wine starts to have a a counter side to it and then we're able to to balance that and to to make an informed decision that okay is this really what i i need most today or, or perhaps I should put these off and, and put effort somewhere else. But of course, uh, you know, life has to have a, a balance in general, but, but having this data more visible and then letting people make better decisions, that's going to be a big aspect as well. Indeed. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's funny just to, uh, just to tie this back into real, like re- reality in a sense, what's happening right now. Not sure, Kimmo, if you, if you read the latest, um, um, Helsingin Sanomat, which is the the newspaper in in Finland, um, news about um, about the the obesity rates increasing in Finland. No, I didn't catch that one. That was like yeah, I, I I used to live in a in a sort of a view that in Finland, you know, the, the obesity rates were were on the increase, but the latest latest news on that was quite quite horrific, if you may that that like in. 30 to 50 year old males like the the normal weight people are in the minority nowadays already so it's like um and this this obviously the same issue is is quite across the world in many countries as well um so like we have to do something about this the 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 health impact and and cost to the society and the individuals will be just massive because of this yeah absolutely and and one part of our one part of that is is all of this that we have been talking about so far and then then there's also that okay if we look at what kind of nutrition we have available and how that's well that's been under discussion here at least in finland for example i mentioned the the thoughts about taxation around uh, high sugar uh, content foods and drinks Uh, there's got to be in the future better ways of of incentivizing healthy food food habits and food choices because that's one of the biggest areas impacting uh, obesity, of course. Uh, that, that has much more of an effect than, than the lack of ex- exercise. Of course, those as a combination, it's not a good thing. But, but to be able to, 
point people towards better choices in their nutrition, well, that that's not going to happen only with, with them making better choices. It's going to also need government uh, incentivizing in terms of taxes or what whatnot. So I, I, definitely I, something that needs to, to need some massive action. So, you know, the direction of in which we're developing at the moment is, as you said, it's pretty horrific and some big changes need to be made around that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully agree with you. And, and especially, you know, if you look at taxation as a, as a, as a measure or as a tool to um, change behaviors, um, you look at um, something like Singapore, for example, how much a, a pack of cigarette costs here. It's something like 16, 17 Singapore dollars. That's like 12 euros, give or take 11, 12 euros. So there's a heavy, heavy tax portion in the, in the packet of cigarettes because of ne- negative health impacts. And because of that, obviously, you know, um, the, the monetary cost of, of your decision to buy that pack of cigarettes becomes an issue. Um, so if you, if you use that same tool towards unhealthier foods, then maybe, maybe it would actually have a, have a good benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even stronger methods of, of uh, you know, having an effect on that. Cigarettes is one example here in Finland. It was, I think, in the early 2000s that that there was new uh, laws around that one and that, that for example in restaurants and bars and many places indoors you're not allowed to smoke anymore and then that's made a huge change we've seen a huge decrease in, in the amount of smokers in Finland from yeah. from that okay that was a tough one to to uh, legislation wise to pass because that's already quite limiting in terms of okay how can you choose whether or not like who has the right to make a decision for that in terms of what am I allowed to do yeah. and what am I not allowed to do? But those have huge impacts. And, and I'd be surprised if we don't see that, that kind of uh, action taking place in, in terms of alcohol and, and other unhealthy things in the future as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's shift gears a bit. Uh, Kim, it's been an awesome discussion so far about healthcare systems and, and so forth. Obviously, um, something which you've, you've uh, embarked on a, a few years back um, is the, is the, the business of Zinzino, uh, which, it, which focuses on the essential fatty acid balance, amongst other things. Um, could you sort of tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, that was something that I, I ran into about four or five years ago uh from my background working with with the big laboratory organizations here in finland and and seeing what they are doing and what the uh, big private healthcare providers are doing making this transition from sick care to healthcare and trying to find ways of how to build the evidence-based approach towards taking better care of your health i saw this an interesting opportunity as i said before that that we've got pretty good tools already for measuring activity levels and exercise. We've got pretty good tools for measuring uh, sleep quality and rest. But the nutritional side has been a difficult aspect. More and more uh, happening around that, the big healthcare providers here in Finland starting to to bring, for example, vitamin D testing and fatty acid profiling and all of that to the market, but but still quite slow for people to catch on. And the concept that that Zinzino had built, uh, it's a Swedish stock-listed company that that has a, a product concept that they had on on sale in pharmacies in the Nordics, and now they've got it on on online sales. Uh, it starts with measuring, you know, how how does it really look? What what have you really been eating? And the problem is not so much that people are making bad choices. But the, that the quality of the food, nutrition-wise, it's been going down all the time. And one of the biggest areas has been omega fatty, omega fatty acids, especially omega-3. If we look at, for example, the supplements market, that's by far the biggest supplement market out of all of them, out of all of the vitamins and minerals. And out of that, it's, it's fish oils and different kind of omega-3s. And the research has been contradicting. Some of the research has been showing that it that has a, using omega-3 fatty acids as a supplement has health benefits, and then there's research showing that it doesn't have any health benefits. Mm-hmm. And the idea of this this concept was that okay, let's make a change to the way that we approach that. First, let's see that do you really need to supplement those, and if you do, well, 
which supplement actually works? Can we prove it? And and we've got over, I think, six hundred thousand tests now to show that that okay, a lot of people do need to supplement, and then a lot of supplements out there are not actually quite uh, quite good at getting the optimal levels, and that we've got a concept that that brings those to to the optimal levels, and that's kind of the that sat nicely with my thoughts on on how we should approach health in general. That okay, let's take action way before any signs and symptoms. That let's measure your health. It's the same approach that you guys have. Yeah, yeah. Let's measure your health and 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 point you in the right direction. And and this was an interesting area because supplement market was something that I wasn't quite keen on. There there's a, a lot of reasons why I wasn't very interested in that even though all of my my colleagues all of the doctors have always been saying to me that if there's something that you you should supplement on at least here in the nordics it's vitamin d because of the lack of sunshine and secondly some good quality fish oil or other omega-3 but i didn't really think i need those until i went out to test myself to see that okay actually i am still lacking those even though i was using them and it's this kind of approach that we should have in in our health healthcare systems as well and i'm really been glad to see that uh especially the private healthcare providers have been bringing this kind of concepts to the market so fantastic oh absolutely and it's um so it, it works um really simply so you just basically you 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 can do this sort of finger fingertip um uh, blood test at home and you can send it to your laboratories and then have your results online in a few weeks right yeah, absolutely. And that, that's that's the best part about it. Like being able to combine the evidence-based medicine with the health and wellness sector. So what we're using, it's the same uh, laboratory test and same laboratory analysis that's used all around the world in hospitals for screening newborn babies and their uh, metabolic rare, rare metabolic diseases. Mm-hmm. So it's a clinically used test. And then we use an outside laboratory that's independent of us. And, and the customer gets a, a, an anonymous report on, on how does their, their fatty acid profile really look like. And then if they have a need for that, then, then they can start using the supplement. And then they can do another test, same system that, okay, easy to do at home. You send it off to the lab. It's an outside lab. You get an anonymous test and you have a control test. So kind of proving the effic- efficacy of the pro- product. And this is what I'm really hoping that we start to see also in other areas of health and wellness, that, that, that you bring the scientific evidence to, 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 the, to the picture. Because... There's a lot of things where we know that that it's good for us, but it's hard to prove it. And and I'm really hoping that we start to see these kind of combinations because this will incorporate concepts like this into the to the healthcare systems. Mm. So so doctors and 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 other people working in the healthcare systems will also start pushing towards preventative health when we have this kind of evidence base that we can support uh, the claims and the health claims behind different kind of uh, concepts and products. Absolutely. And, and one, of the, one of the very cool things, and it is like a wearable device, if you may, or, or, or our app, Healthzilla app, where you can actually see your own data. Because like, obviously, um, many of us are not that interested in, in uh, healthcare studies and the, you know, uh, massive amounts of data, which is anonymous and so forth. They might say, just like you, you might have said that, yeah, I don't need any supplements, you know. But when you are shown your own data, your own essential fatty acid balance, then you're like, okay, well, that's interesting because this is my data, and it's showing that I could improve, um, improve this somehow. So that's that's a very very intriguing concept. Absolutely, and I mean, it it comes back to what you were saying before that that we go for, uh, we don't look at the long term, but when we look at, for example, nutrition changing your nutrition it's not going to change your life overnight it's something that uh that well one thing that i often compare to is like for example when you go to the doctor's office for a health checkup they they do a checkup on your blood work for example measure cholesterol you don't you're not going to feel whether or not your cholesterol levels are high but we know that in the long term if they're high and if they're not in in the shape that they should be that it's not good for your cardiovascular health but you, you won't feel that and, and you won't have any symptoms on that. Mm-hmm. So the, the approach is to start measuring things and seeing which direction they are um, developing in so that you can 
start making changes way before uh, you start having symptoms. And, and that's kind of the approach here, that, that how do you measure your, your nutritional aspects of your health with things that you cannot feel, but we know from scientific evidence that they make a big difference. They make a big difference in terms of your brain health, in terms of your cardiovascular health, and, and many different aspects. You know, no one no one denies the importance of omega, the uh, importance of getting enough omega three fatty acids. The only question anymore is that, well, do we need to supplement them or not? And when we can approach that from the the, the perspective of doing laboratory work on you as an individual well then you can see for yourself whether or not you need to and <laughs> as the data grows that's when we start to get new kind of uh, research Ab absolutely so can you sort of educate us why why it is important for us to have um, the essential fatty acid balance in check well that's the that's the the good part about working with something like this is that you know, even my first grader, my, my two daughters, first and third graders, they know the importance of eating enough high quality fish. That, that we, we get taught these basic things, even in school, that, mm. that it's important to have a varied, varied and healthy, healthy diet. So our approach is not so much having to teach people that why it's important. It's more that, okay, are you are you getting enough of it or not? Sure, sure. But it, uh, uh, as I mentioned, you know, the, some of the biggest aspects of, of fatty acid profiling have to do with, or getting the right amount of omega-3s has to do with, for example, now more and more research uh, around, around the importance of uh, getting enough of those in terms of your brain health uh, mm -hmm. and, and in terms of your cardiovascular health, but also muscles, joints, eyesight, many different aspects having to do with uh, even like cell level functions and, and supporting a healthy body. And of course, it's, you know, it's not just one thing that will change, uh, change your health yeah. for the good. It's a lot of different things, but omega-3s omega and fatty acids, it's one of the important things. And that's one reason that it, that's one of the, well, it is the, the most used uh, supplement in the world. So, being able to approach that from this perspective is one of the most important ones. And then I'm also working with other areas. For example, another big area that's been talked about in the hospital world and in the doctor's offices at the moment is uh, the gut microbiome and whether or not we're getting enough fibers. Well, we know that that, that World Health Organization has been studying that 90% that 90 of people are not getting enough fibers and so sure. forth. And those are also things that now can be measured in laboratories and, and you can prove for yourself whether or not you should be supplementing those or improving your, your nutrition in, parts of, in, in terms of uh, fibers. So all of these kind of being able to bring the testability and the science behind these uh, that's one thing that will make a huge difference. And I find it really intriguing, this, this whole area of nutrition. I really believe that in the next five to 10 years, the whole, whole science of nutrition will, will turn upside down. We'll get a lot of new insight in that. And, and one big reason for that being in, is that, it, well, in, I had a fantastic talk with one of the top doctors here in Finland. He was explaining how young uh, a science medicine in general is and then if we look at for example nutritional uh, nutritional medicine and uh, nutritional science that's even younger you know it was 1950s the first times that we were able to isolate single vitamins like vitamin c and vitamin d and starting to understand that okay lack of them is causing scurvy and, and different kind of things like this yeah but but to to see that okay what really has an effect on which outcome we don't have that much data on that yet, but the amount of data and the amount of insight is growing at an exponential rate at the moment because of the new abilities in the laboratory world. So this is a really, really interesting area of health. Uh, I, I think there's going to be huge changes in these things. Oh, absolutely. And I'm talking about nutrition in itself. There's, 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 I think there's enough uh, topic there to, for us to uh, uh, invite you again into our, our podcast to, to uh, put a whole, whole podcast about what's the future of nutrition. I think I, I fully agree with you. There's, there, because of the amount of data that we're getting from, 
um, from your blood work, for example, the, the types of services you can use nowadays, nightingales and so forth, because you can do, you can do uh, very small changes in your diet based on your, your blood work or blood profile and see the results in your next, next blood test, which you, which you can do very easily as well. So, and then obviously, you know, what's the future of wearable devices? Maybe in a, in five years time, we'll, we'll have a, a patch which we can just put into our shoulder or something which monitors our our, our basic blood work 24 7 i mean who knows I'm, I'm sure this will come and you can see um even faster changes in in your metabolism and, and, and blood profile based on what you what you actually do and eat on a daily basis as well yeah absolutely and 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 we don't even have to go that far you know you you mentioned nightingale health yeah. one one of the laboratory healthcare providers here in finland they've got quite a simple uh, blood test that you can make it measures 200 200 plus biomarkers from your blood and and they've got uh, algorithms that can calculate different kind of uh, the risks in terms of your health and that's being used already with with several uh, healthcare providers here in finland to to provide like a, a broad spectrum view into your health and which parts of that you should take action with and it's this kind of approach that will have that that big change already because you don't have to have continuous measurement of those you can measure those once a year once every six months or whatever whichever way you 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 feel is is necessary and you can see the development at the direction of the development and that's something that will motivate you to take take further steps to take care of your health Absolutely. As, as you see that okay this is really making a difference in terms of my 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 risk factors going down let's keep going so it's kind of gamifying health in terms of uh, looking at the bigger picture the long-term picture and then as technology improves and technology you know fantastic things like the the aura ring from finland as well measuring your sleep quality continuously your activity levels as those become more accessible and easier to use lower priced uh, and and really user-friendly we will start seeing those all around us and i think it'll in the future it'll be more and more integrated for example i believe that that you know we, we'll be buying mattresses at our local market and those will already have some integrated sensors in them and so forth so it's not going to be something that will require very much effort from from myself but then we get into another big discussion which we, we will say for the next one okay where will all this data go and how we, how can we utilize this and how can we combine it with the healthcare provider data and the, uh, the, the data around that and, and how it all fits together in terms of research and in terms of uh, actionable uh, steps to take and that's where you guys come in as well of course in, indeed there are already so many episodes that we need to reschedule with you Kimmo in the future as well now um, just to just to start uh, coming into the end but uh, you as a you as a like a healthcare expert if you may and very enthusiastic about um, health and wellness and healthcare systems and, and all that what are some of some of your own healthy habits in your life Kimmo uh, well, continuously working on those. I think that's like one of my biggest approaches. Like the the way I approach life is that that uh, start from gratitude and, and 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 then work towards improving continuously. So be happy with with what what you've already achieved, and then then from from that position look at look at how you can go forward and how you can achieve the things that you want to achieve. But uh, do you, for example, do you, for example, uh, you have you you have at least Oura Ring? Do you have any other wearables which you use? Uh, as part of my, my job, I've I've used a lot of them. My my wife's always been having a laugh at me for for having so many so-called toys. I've been using different kind of measure measuring devices, wearables for for sleep quality. Uh, then doing all kinds of different kinds of laboratory work and tests. To, to see to see how they work and where I am but I've come back to the fact that okay I don't want to I don't want to take it too far I think sleep quality is one of the be best uh, areas of measurement for me yeah. because that's uh, overall if I had to 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 you know give one uh, measure as a quality of of my general health sleep quality is one of the best uh, because it 
all of the other things are visible in my sleep quality. If I'm not eating right, if I'm not exercising right, that will have an effect on my sleep quality. And it's like, uh, if I'm not sleeping, well, I'm not going to be eating well, I'm not going to be ex exercising and so forth. So that's, that's one thing that I've stuck with for a long time. And that, that's been a fun thing to see because uh, studies show that, that uh, it's about six months uh, we use some wearable and then we then we're not very active with it anymore. Yeah. But of course, it's it's services like yours that are bringing uh, new aspects to that and, and and motivating us to use them for for longer periods. But that's one thing that I sleep quality is one thing that I look at and I, I put effort into that. And then also uh, other ways of recovery. So trying to uh, spread out my workday so that it, I, I'm not built for a nine to nine to five or eight to five workday. And that's one one way that COVID ha has changed my life for the better in terms of, as we have to work more from home, uh, I have more opportunities to exercise and, and take breaks between the different meetings that I have. I have a easier start for the day, sending the ki kids off to school first and then having a moment for myself and then starting the day for that. So it's a lot of effort going into these areas of, of um, rest and, and recuperation, and then of course, daily exercise and trying to get as healthy as I can. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I've, I've sort of glanced at you and your, your family's lifestyle and it, and it is, it, it seems very, very balanced in every way towards, you know, and with a very healthy focus as, as well. Um, and the sleep scores that you guys are getting with your aura rings are just through the roof. I've never seen any, anyone with as high as yours. So it's it's crazy. What's it like? Ninety ninety five nowadays, or yeah, of course it depends on the day and the week. But that I I aim for that because when you've got a when you've had a good night's sleep and you've got uh, high recovery rates, you're able to put more effort into the of next course. day and really enjoy life. So, kind of taking taking the most out of life and stopping to enjoy enjoy every moment of that. That's that's been my focus at the moment to, to kind of maximize the energy levels. And, and, and that's, that's what bringing me the positive uh, emotions as well and, and energy to, to pass on to other people and, and you know, get, get great things happening from that perspective. Absolutely. Now, Kimo, this has been such, an, such a great discussion, very, very in-depth. And I, I just think that we, do, we definitely need to, um, uh, need to do this again. Um, we've got so many areas to continue this discussion, um, starting from the data. Uh, how can we utilize data with, uh, together with um, healthcare organization and, and governments and all that, and nutrition as well. So we definitely uh, need to do this again. But before we wrap up, um, what are your three top tips for a healthy and fulfilling life? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, what are the ones that work for everyone? For me, uh, balance. Balance in terms of uh, work life and, 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 and my, my time with my family, uh, maximizing my energy levels with healthy food and uh, healthy, healthy sleep levels. Those are definitely the top two. And, and enjoying life, enjoying sports. So for a long time, for me, it was a lot about going out there and achieving things and getting a tick in the box and so forth. You know, not to go for that anymore, but, but to enjoy those moments and make the most of it. That, that would be my top three, I'd say. Some, some very excellent uh, uh, pieces of advice right there. Um, thank you so much, Kimo, for joining us. Um, where can people follow you? Uh, well, Instagram is a good one. I'm, I'm there with my name uh that's completely open to everyone and of course linkedin both of those are, i think the the biggest ones at the moment trying to share some thoughts in terms of leadership and in terms of uh self-development and all of theirs there is especially working hard now is partly in the zinzino business and then partly as a as a executive coach so a lot of these come into play also in that that sense and and those are my passions at the moment so We'll be happy to have you guys join in on those conversations with me there. 
that that is simply awesome and we'll make sure we'll put all the links to the uh, to the show notes so people can uh, can go and, and check out uh Kimmo's content very very um uh, energetic health and um uh, like self development focused leadership focused as per what he said Kimmo thank you so much for joining us and thank you everyone for joining us this week on Health Till of Weekly episode number 27 uh, together with Kimmo Carria. If you already haven't done it, please go ahead to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download the Hellzilla app for free. Test out our new uh, fingertip stress can today. Uh, make sure you check out what's your heart rate variability, uh, resting heart rate, and start building up your healthy habits uh, right now because obviously health is everything and has to be the priority for all of us. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Speak to you soon. Peace. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.